0: Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema on this episode of film tank we discuss the sundance film festival grand jury prize award winner which is i don't feel at home in this world anymore if you would like to get in touch with film tank you can always email us at filmtank at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook twitter and instagram at film tank show and you can listen to all of our episodes on our website filmtankshow.com or on itunes and now here are your hosts Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, good everybody, and welcome in to episode 114 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, along with
1: my two guys. No. No. Absolutely not. I'm no. Sorry. Who, who wrote
2: that? <laughs> Let me see.
1: I'm not going to shame
2: and a writer. No, I'm going to shame a writer. Anyways, wow. Nick Cheney
0: and Toussaint Egan I'm here. also here not as that well. One. Yeah.
2: Um, Wait, what? It's not who I thought it was going to be. Oh, no.
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm as no. Tucson was teeing up to rip BuzzFeed, apparently,
2: <laughs> so that's great. It's not BuzzFeed, it's Polygon. Anyway. No,
1: I... Hiya, buddy! For context, uh, <laughs> we all just got Hi. done watching the Murder on the uh, Orient Express trailer. Which just dropped. Just dropped, mm. and I was saying no because I just saw an article... Uh, by the site Polygon that says Murder on the Orient Express is a lesson in how to make a trailer yeah. um, I feel like there's probably more to that headline that chopped off like how to make a trailer suck yeah, oh! yeah.
2: you know when I think of yeah. Murder on the Orient Express I immediately think of Imagine Dragons yeah. who doesn't yeah
1: well they're really popular now so
2: it, it doesn't. that has nothing to do with
1: we are the greatest rock band in the world
0: It has nothing to do with anything, which is what a trailer has become. It has nothing to do with anything other than make people aware that that was a film.
2: Like, I know that's not your argument, but I just hate that idea. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the idea.
1: Radioactive. Radioactive. Yeah.
0: No, that trailer was not good. No. I, I... I've only watched it once, and Nick, you've watched it a couple times now, right? So
2: let's just review the trailer.
0: No, <laughs> no, it, it, it's it, there's there's no need for it, really. Well, the not trailer? the trailer. There's no need to even discuss it that far. Mm. Like it's just
1: nothing. It's not like the trailer actually shows anything. Yeah, and not in like one of those cool, exciting, you know, ways. That just like it. Literally, the trailer is the equivalent of a press release. Yeah. Both in tone and information doled out, which is guess what? There's a new Better on the Orient Express movie.
0: Yeah, and it has Kenneth Branagh, who's directing and starring and wearing a cat for a mustache. So, you know, there's that. But that has now been announced to the world. It has. And Daisy Ridley is you in know, a film where a that of, is in Star Wars. For a Kenneth kind of Brown
1: now project, I'll say this much, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that we're only just getting a trailer right now. <laughs> only because I figured that this is going to be a big property as far as it's a remake of a classic. Now, it's not like a classic in the sense that, like... Teens these days, no teens these days, no Agatha Christie and Poirot and all that kind of stuff, but it's certainly a beloved property that has uh, been seen on the screen many times, so I was just a little just i don't know it's, it's coming out in November, so I was surprised that this is the first time we've seen anything from it so
0: well, I think uh another... genius
2: takes time, Nick
0: well, that's true, even though even though Johnny Depp has fallen off big time in Hollywood, him getting. Second billing to Kenneth Brana. Damn, that is a oh, death no. yeah. knell. Amazing. That's a death knell no right there. <laughs> like shit. You just finished the Pirates of the Caribbean series and you know I have nothing left. So. What are you
1: gonna do? I'm going to court.
0: <laughs> for the for the dog thing, Australia? For a, nope, lot, of for a lot of things. <laughs> for a lot of things. For a lot of things. Oh that's too bad. I guess so. So we're not gonna get that Mordecai sequel? Anyway, so the film we're talking about today is uh, the Netflix film, which also was
1: the Sundance Grand Jury Prize winner. Can I just say something off the record really quick? Figured mm. I just want to get this out there.
2: You heard him. You got to bleep the shit out. Do I?
0: Like, well, you don't have to. Th- this can't be on the episode? No, it
1: could be. Okay, good. Listeners might not want to know this, but in my opinion, it's not a spoiler. Okay. But Johnny Depp is playing Ratchet, and Ratchet is the murder victim. So he will not be in the movie for very long. Yay!
0: Anyway. Well, he couldn't because he was busy filming his scenes for the upcoming Harry Potter film. That's true. Playing up. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the worst reveals, I think, ever. When I was, for the most part, fine with Colin Farrell's (laughs) performance. And then, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute.
1: It's fat Johnny Depp. (laughs) Can you imagine in Bruge ending? <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly they're in purgatory, and then he's just like, this right. is your fate for all of eternity, and now you have to be Johnny Depp? Like, oh my god. Wow, that's... Yeah. That's there harsh. was a
0: time not too long ago that Johnny Depp was, like, the biggest star in Hollywood. It's
1: true. Yep. It's true. And then people found out he was Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! No, I, I say that as, like, a half joke, but half serious in the sense that, like, people want, like people to do American accents, and I don't think he always wanted to, like, you know, just not be who he was. Yeah. Especially when characters didn't, whatever. And I swear to God, I saw something that's, at one point, kind of explained that that was half the the clash, and that he was only accepting parts where he didn't... I don't know. It was was one of those things. And that wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, you know, Hmm. that's what studios want. They want everybody completely Anglo-American, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Very...
2: Anglocentric.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
2: Okay, let's talk about this movie so the we were talking about
0: was the Sundance Grand Jury Prize winner. And did it win the audience award or not? I believe it did.
1: Okay. I don't think it's been like five years since two separate movies have won. I just wasn't I for think. sure. But... I'm gonna look it up while you continue.
0: Okay. And this is actually the second film in a row that we reviewed that won the Sundance Grand Jury Prize. As we also talked about *Birth of a Nation* last year. Yeah, yay! And, and... So this film and I, *Whiplash*. And, ah, yeah, it's true. Yep. This film, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, was directed by Macon Blair, who's made who made his directorial debut. For this film, but he's also participated in uh, a couple other films that you may have seen. One of which we reviewed on this very podcast, which was Green Room, uh, and he also starred in the Foom, fi, foom whoo, the Foom. <laughs> he also starred in the Foom. He also starred in the film. Somebody's
1: HercuPoro or that. Yeah. In this Foom. <laughs> <In> this
0: foom. <laughs> <laughs> in the film Blue Ruin. Uh, both of those were directed by Jeremy Saunier, who. Uh, Is a good director. Yeah. So, Makeup Blair makes his first film. Uh, It still stars, holy shit, it stars Melanie Linsky and also Elijah Wood. And that's pretty much it.
1: Now, what are your thoughts on (laughs) Jeremy Saunier as a filmmaker? (laughs) Say it. I I wish death to you.
0: (laughs) So, this film centers around a depressed woman whose home is burglarized she then finds a new sense of purpose by tracking down the thieves alongside her obnoxious neighbor but but they soon find themselves dangerously out of their depth as they are against a pack of degenerate criminals
2: this makes it sound like a sitcom by way of it home alone fits. yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, the only other person
0: in this film that you might recognize is Jane Levy, who we just saw last year in "Don't Breathe," and now she is making an appearance in this, playing a side character named Dez, who's one of the burglars. Yeah, did money get shot? That would be that would have been great. Yeah, she has a different tone in this film. It looks like she's the kind of person who has. Had what happened to Jane Levy in that film happened and then the rest of her life started happening. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So this film pretty much came out on Netflix right after Sundance. Like it was like a month later.
1: I just want to say that uh, it did not win both awards. Oh, there you go. No, another film, uh, Crown Heights by Matt Ruskin won the audience choice. So anyway. There you go. Glad we looked. So they broke that trend.
0: So this film, as I was mentioning, um, by Netflix, was out very quickly. Um, I watched it, I think it was right after it came out. I think it was in March. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, and then we just decided to do an episode on it because it's the great thing about Netflix or uh, Amazon or any of those services. is It's very available mm-hmm. for people to check out. So if you out there have not seen this yet, obviously we'd encourage you to do so. So, um, who wants to go first? Talk about it. Uh... Um,
2: I guess I'll go first. Alrighty. All right. So I I watched this film on the recommendation of Alex, and I'm not saying that to throw Alex under the bus or anything. I like wow. this film. I'm not. I'm not I, piece I, of shit. You no. Know, when I when I say is it, like that's just sort of how I got introduced to it because got like it. yeah, you said that I would really enjoy it, and I was like I, mean, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex
1: says you'll enjoy a movie. That means you shouldn't watch the movie. I don't know what to take from
2: that. Anyway, um, so Does I w- – say have no taste? So I watched this with my girlfriend and we both pretty much enjoyed it for very different reasons. She liked the characters and the story and I, I – well, the most thing that I took away from it was um, the sound editing, the color grading, and the cinematography. Which is not, That's not me denigrating the film as a whole. Like those are the things that for me that I took the most pleasure out of. And I just really did enjoy the performances and I did enjoy like the central arc of the main character just going from this more timid, uh, submissive, more just spiritually devastated person to sort of working towards um, reclaiming a sense of her own autonomy and self-worth.
0: I don't feel like there's actually that much growth for her character in this film. I think that there's
2: <laughs> some growth, I, 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 some I'm attempt, sure. some attempt at
0: growth. Sure, but yeah. um, for for characters who have a complete arc, I feel like hers is pretty. Mm, like I feel like she ends up at a very similar
2: place at the end of the she film. She moves sideways instead of forward. Yeah, all right. I, I can I can sort of admit that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. why don't you continue your <laughs> opening thoughts? Uh huh.
2: Those are my opening thoughts for right oh. now. And <laughs> so let's move on to the next person. Okay. Yeah. I can go. Yeah, uh, Obviously, I was the first
0: of, of the three of us to check this out, uh, as that was a couple months ago now. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed this the first time and watched it again and still quite enjoyed it. Uh, I think this lost a little luster for me the second time around, uh, mainly because... The big reason why this got such a boost in my rating is I absolutely love the climactic scene of this film and thought it was fantastic. Uh, and I think that maybe swayed my initial view a little bit because I still think this is a quite a good film, but I don't think it's a great movie. Uh, there's plenty of problems here, which if you watch Sundance kind of films, which are primarily... Uh, director's first shot at making films. They're very much made for an audience. No. Not- which is a Sundance audience. No. No, I, I don't necessarily think that's it. I think what, what I was what I was trying to get at is that the, they all, for the most part, are going to have things that could be improved on. Mm. There's not a lot of... There's not... A, at least from the films, that I, and I have not... I'm not a Sundance historian in any way, but... There's not, from the ones I have seen, there's not a lot of whiplashes out there of these grand masterpieces that are made by first-time directors. Reservoir dogs.
2: Could I interrogate that with, like, a question?
1: Of
0: course. You're interrogating it?
2: Well, well, just like... Sorry. To to, to, to sort of, like, elaborate on it, to Mm -hmm. ask ask about that. Sure. Ask your opinion about it. Sure. Now, you're saying that most Sundance films are sort of rough around the edges. Is mm, that what you're trying to say? Like, No. it. It's just a fact. Like, a lot of them are made by up-and-coming
0: directors. That's okay. who gets picked to have their projects shown at this festival. Okay. And a lot of filmmakers, even the best filmmakers of all times, their first projects are not necessarily their best work. Even huh. – even something uh that's a really good film, like Hard Eight by Paul Thomas Anderson is not the greatest film ever made Whoa. okay
1: you bite your tongue
0: <laughs> continue Alex no'm I'm, I'm just saying it's just <laughs> I know Nick at least somewhat understands what I'm trying to say I think Nick is being facetious
1: what you're trying to say mm-hmm. although you chose the worst example you could possibly oh choose, shut up. <laughs> Now, I'm making a joke because so that's like my favorite filmmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think what you're trying to say, which I will certainly concede to, is the idea that Sundance itself is a breeding ground for new artists to test out their abilities before they've been given any feedback. Huh. Yes. Oh, shit. Did I just say that? <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> so I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and it's nothing bad about this film or something like Swiss Army Man, which has its faults as well. But it's just it's just a lot of cool, interesting new things from new directors and yeah. fresh faces. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like we're getting. <clears throat> Masterpieces churned out from the Sundance Film Festival every year. Yeah.
1: Damien Chazelle did Whiplash. I mentioned that. His first film. I mentioned that there were much, outliers. Much better than his second film. I
0: We could roll back f- four minutes, and I mentioned that there are very few films like Whiplash that are classics coming out of Sundance. Hmm. So anyways, getting away from that. <laughs> the and... Free
1: World with Boyd Holbrook. Anyway.
0: Boy, talk about a, uh, not that that was going to ruin her career, but Elizabeth Moss made a nice comeback since that, because that was a really not a very good performance. She
1: made that during... <laughs> no, no, she didn't. No, never mind. I was going to say during Mad Men, but... No. No, it would have been pretty much right after. Yeah. Anyway.
0: That was not a good film. Yeah. Um, but this film, I don't feel at home in this world anymore, I think has a lot of really cool things about it. Uh a lot of very interesting moments. Uh and on the rewatch, I feel like it again loses a bit of its its intrigue that was brought the first time mm-hmm. I saw this film. So I have more to talk about on it, but I love the final scene of this film. There's just something about all the, the final
1: element... scene or the... No,
0: uh, the uh, I'm I, I said the climactic scene.
1: Thoughts about the final. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, the the scene involving the living room uh, oh, yeah. in the house, which everything shit. goes to shit very quickly, yeah. and it's quite good. Um, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. So I've got more, but Nick, why don't you give your opening remarks, and then we'll open the floor. Thanks, Alex. All right.
1: <laughs> well, I want to open up this forum by stating that I love Sundance. I really, really do. I love the smell of the peanuts, the crack of the bat.
2: Here comes a really, really infusive
1: like review of this movie. No, I'm kidding. But in general, I am the Sundance audience. Like the, it doesn't matter how far away you might get from that. Uh, what I would call typical Sundance screenplay, I'm always one degree removed from it in the sense that I'll always pretty much eat it up. Like, I might think some are awful, some are, you know, uh, amazing. But you'll give it a chance. But I'll give it a chance, and I'll usually rather suffer through one of these, no matter how bad they are, uh, than, like, something like a blockbuster I don't like. You know, whatever. Mm. So... I gotta say, I'm very surprised that this won the grand jury prize without having even seen (laughs) a single other film from the festival. At the festival, not because this movie is that bad, but I'm just so surprised that this could have elicited any. Special reaction from a large group of people. Is it
0: just some, just like last year, to just caught fire at the festival? I guess, but we
1: last year though that was like we everybody was talking. I don't remember everybody talking about. Uh, this movie mm. when the festival was happening, some people went and saw it. Some people reviewed it. Some people said they liked it, but mm. it was certainly not the wildfire. And we know that literally because it's not like uh, if Netflix was able to get it, <laughs> they weren't even able to get uh the the birth well, that's I mean, that's it's it.
2: The
0: the context is hard to say because we yeah. actually were at some, but like it was it was for the most part what most people were talking about. Almost the entire time was that film, *Birth yeah. of a Nation*, last year, and I obviously we can't speak to that, but yeah, I
1: like. It, I'm it, just saying the past ones. Yeah. I understand. Like, I don't really like *Fruitvale Station*, but I watched that movie and I'm like, oh, I definitely see why. Two we went to go
2: see that together.
1: Yes, we did.
0: Too, yeah, so. I remember that. Yeah, congrats. *Whiplash*. We already commented on. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's the one that won two years ago? Oh. Um. I don't know. We did a bonus episode on it. Did we? Yeah, we went and saw it in Chicago.
1: Oh, me and Earl. Yeah. Yeah, me and Earl and my dying girl. That I get that was like a very crowd pleasing movie, you know. This I you know, I'm just so indifferent to this movie. I, I really don't think it works. But I'll admit that it can be entertaining in its own right. Um, I gotta say, um Macon Blair, I think, is a talented filmmaker, but I think as of right now he is living in the shadow of Jeremy Saunier Because of his association to Saunier and also because of he clearly wants to make <laughs> his own Jeremy Saunier movie but is not Jeremy Saunier. Like it <clears throat> that's as
2: plain and simple as I can make it. Would you say that he's he's diet Jeremy Saunier? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I but I wouldn't recommend drinking it. Even if you're on a diet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, you know it, it's this movie. I thought the first fifteen minutes were really good. Like, I was on board. Um, with the break in? No, everything basically just, before just Melanie.
0: I mean, right? The, the like
1: the title coupled with this slice of life.
0: How about this is um, <laughs> the uh, I loved the. Um, the uh, woman dying yes. in the hospital, yeah. followed by the... Did he have any last words? Yes!
1: And then her looking at the one doctor. Mm-hmm.
0: No. Yeah. No. And then, how about how about the... Uh, and this is just something totally random, but I couldn't get away from it uh, the second time through, which was how similar uh, the daughter of the couple that she was over looked to the old woman who died. I don't know why. There's right. something there.
2: It's weird. <laughs> it could be infinite, Mom. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's just swearing. It's like, kinda, "Don't worry, uh, she don't
2: worry. She's nine. I was like, "She's not used to talking about death yet." <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> so now continue.
1: So here's here's where I'm just ultimately at a loss for appreciating this movie. Like, I like that setup, and clearly what Toussaint touched on is definitely what this movie is aiming for in my opinion which is to try to show a metamorphosis from a reclusive and somewhat timid woman who learns not to be so passive in her life Mm -hmm. but that's what the movie set up my problem with that is that this movie is not a character study like after (laughs) that first 20 to 30 minutes she is set (laughs) and she does not budge And not only that, but any progress you could possibly attribute to her always, and I mean every single time, comes down to a random act of violence. Not even a purposeful one. But, like, literally, the movie only moves forward on accident. (laughs) Each and every time. Oh, man. And I think that was intentional, like, because. But I think that's where he does. Making. Trying to carve out his own niche into this ultra violent look at um, some more lower classes in life and whatnot.
2: More of like. uh, But this whole. Lower middle class suburbia. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But this whole, like. He he mistakes (laughs) purposeless for chaos. And so that's why, for me, the movie never truly got off the ground. And even when it looked cool or it was kind of like the climax in the living room, like, that's not like a bad scene. But, like, I was like, I don't really care because no. nobody here is really a character and they're only. What are you talking about? What? Elijah Woodhead
0: nunchucks.
2: Oh. Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's an interesting note that you just uh, brought up. Like, can you. You said that he doesn't understand the difference between purposeless and chaos. Like, can, right. you, can you sort of, like. So, like, let's, pace let's just, out?
1: like. Compare and contrast, and I yeah. like. I hate to do that, but it'll be really better it's, it's illustrative. Yeah, yeah. So, like, take a movie like Green Room, okay? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think all three of us have seen that. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you haven't seen Blue Ruin, right? No, I haven't seen no. Blue Ruin. You should. We reviewed Green Room. Yeah. yeah. No. So, so Green Room. Take a movie like Green Room. Take the scene in which, um, well, take the entire premise. The premise of them accidentally <laughs> walking into the green room because they whatever. And witnessing, like, that is good because that is a catalyst, but that doesn't take away their agency from their own situation. Mm -hmm. Then they, as characters, are growing within this organic environment Mm -hmm. that they may have accidentally created, but they are not accidentally continuing.
2: They are spurred on by their own agency as to whether whether to resign (laughs) themselves or to escape from that situation.
1: Exactly. And then if you look at the micro moment in which um, Anton Yelchin's character is going to stick his hand out the door oh. like that is a moment of over the top you know stylistic in a good way um violence on screen and that is terrifying because that's that's not an accident like it was both his character choice choice to do it and of course the only natural way for that scene to continue you know here we only get them on the run because she accidentally hits the old man with the whatever. Then mm-hmm. we only um, continue that journey because they accidentally think that they're somehow onto their drug, even though they really barely have any. have little to no um, knowledge of what they're even doing. They only get out of the living room because somebody drops their gun. I mean, just. Like I said... Some that, things are a
2: little too convenient.
1: Right. That That, that is not chaos. That is writerly, um, well, how do they get out of here? Well, they're low-time criminals, so they wouldn't actually be able to. Well, we could just have them drop the gun. You know, I, I don't know. It's just the fact that that was every no. single... I thought plot I f- development. Yeah, I feel like
0: it's a little... just got boring for me. Yeah, I understand it getting boring. I feel like there are, are some times when there are good payoffs here, and sometimes where it does come by as lazy writing. Here's the thing. Well, oh, what I was sorry. just going to... No, I, um, one of my favorite parts of the film is the idea hammered home that these shitty criminals have to buy old, shitty weapons... Uh, and the one backfires on Jane Levy, yeah. which I thought was fantastic, um, and that whole scene I just found was absolutely but amazing. But
1: that would have been isolated. That would have been interesting to me. Like that would have okay. been a chaotic, like holy shit, you can't plan for this. Mm-hmm. Here, they literally can plan that they're in an episode of Mr. Magoo, <laughs> and Ooh, um, you know, and, okay. and you know, the snake is the thing that saves the day. I mean. None of this is a character progression, and then when you when you compare that to the setup of this world, which is that everyone but her is making shitty choices, like i that just does not like yeah. why is the plot so indebted to contrivance when the character development so um dependent on necessary character choices so hmm. it just never gelled for me i'll say scenes crackle and pop with a certain filmmaker's touch that i think making like i want to see macon Boyer's next film i'm not saying that he can't make a movie or anything like that
2: the to just yeah. interject no, for, no, no.
1: i'm done so sorry
2: no, i no, like no, I good mean, with like, this film oh, yeah. but no, 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 no. um <laughs> i
1: mean like that was my the end of my when, when, you're,
2: when you're talking about scenes that sort of like crackle with that that filmmakers touch. I feel like that's really where I am sort of drawing my gratification out of that film for the aforementioned cinematography, because I got to admit the, the scene when she walks into her house for the first time, she sees the, the broken China and she hears um, a, a sound coming from the back room and the camera like pans away from her to that actual hallway. And it's framed in such a way that you could see the, the cutlery on the actual side of the of the wall, and you see her grab one of the knives as the yeah. the camera is traveling down. That is a fucking awesome shot. I maybe, love that.
0: Would have liked to have seen this film in the theater. It's too bad that yeah. it never came to a theater. Yeah, because talk about like good sound design, especially yes. with the way that speakers are set up in theaters <laughs> oh, yeah. these days. You could get some very realistic sounding things happening mm-hmm. around or behind you. And- yeah. I mean, I don't have surround sign in my house, but even if you do, it's not necessarily going to do it justice. Yeah. So I, it was.
1: How about the disposal of the criminal, whatever his name is, the son? Hmm? Even that's an accident, yeah. and it's an accident after an accident. It is literally she accidentally,
2: accidentally. Faked...
1: Well, I think she was not trying to kill him. Yeah. I'm saying she. Accidentally asphyxiates him. I think she was just trying to knock him out. So it's an accidental asphyxiation that leads to an actual accidental. You know, so I, that is uh, maybe you know it's what? a
2: comedy of errors, Nick.
1: Yeah, maybe that. And if it was funnier,
2: yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, mean, I, like, I was being facetious no, when no, I said that. I'm but saying, yeah,
1: I, I think it is trying for that. Yeah, but then it needs to be like actually laugh out loud. Funny. But maybe yeah. that's
0: really what making Blair's is just going for here, and not saying that it that he couldn't have done it. A lot better because there are certainly parts of this film but i mean even like the the religious aspect of this film which is kind of you know yawn inducing hmm. at points hmm. um it just makes it all feel like this entire world is for the most part pointless and we end up in the exact same place where we started for i think
1: making Blair definitely tried a in this instance to make a dark comedy But didn't realize that when you set out to make a dark comedy, you're usually going to fail. Usually dark comedies are the product of somebody like a Tarantino who finds something funny that nobody else will laugh at until he committed it to celluloid and it induces... (laughs) An involuntary laugh. It's, it's when
2: somebody knows how to strategically make an audience uncomfortable without pushing them to the point of outright revulsion. The only thing you missing, toe that line. Yeah.
1: The yeah. only thing missing from the son character getting hit by that car was. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It tries. But
1: I'll say some positives about the movie. I liked Melanie Linsky in it a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just a good actress in general. She is, yeah. for sure. Um, I like Frodo? It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Not, I didn't really like the character. I don't know that I just like Elijah Wood. Their Ward. relationship
0: was not... Yeah, I thought that was one of the worst it. parts. Yeah. Especially
1: because... Okay, can I make fun of the final scene really quick? Sure, go for it. So she sees... And we're talking about the very final yes. scene. Yeah, The cookout. Yeah. So she sees him... As, like, an angel, but he's also right there? I don't know about that. Uh. (laughs) That's one of the weirdest (laughs) script choices I've seen in, in quite some time.
2: I think we found our clip. (laughs) <laughs> for the beginning of the episode.
1: <laughs> like, I was waiting for, like, a Mel Brooks breaking the fourth wall type moment of, like, Elijah Wood character going, Honey, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want on your burger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> like, I I don't know. That was just completely tone deaf for me. Um, That's, um... I, yeah. Yeah. Also, one more thing, and yeah. I'll pass it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read the Wikipedia summary for this movie. Because <laughs> you needed no, no. to. After I watched the movie. Yeah. Not before. And I somehow Understand must less. have looked at my phone at a certain point. Because I don't remember. So I wanna know if somebody just edited Wikipedia and fucked with the I don't feel at home in this world anymore page. <laughs> or if this actually happened. Mm-hmm. So, at one point during the final escape, when she's in the canoe, and or after mm-hmm. she's in the canoe, whatever, yeah. so she sees her grandma? I don't, I don't. So, you guys don't know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, well,
0: she sees the, like, because she has the vision of her earlier in the film. Mm. Remember when she's at the, um, she's at the, whatever, that's technically a, uh, it's not a pawn shop, but whenever yeah. she gets back the pawn the, shop, yeah, she gets back the, the silverware. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she sees the vision of her her grandmother then, who where the bet had come from. I don't recall I can't
1: remember that for some reason. Oh, and I was paying attention to that. Well, so. that's
0: there, but okay. I'm
1: not quite sure about that. Wikipedia page. I'm going to find it if you guys want to move to another topic. Mm-hmm.
2: No, please. We
1: need <laughs> no, no, to, we please.
0: We need to sit here and watch you scroll through your We phone. need to okay. get
2: to the bottom of this because I... this is very important. Well, well since
1: it's, it's something... Uh, good oh, thing this title is really short.
0: Yeah. I'll uh, ask you about this, too, Tussauds, because the the final scene... Uh, and not the final scene. again. Are you talking
2: about the climax in the forest?
0: No, I'm talking about the scene in the living room for mm-hmm. the second time mm-hmm. when all the action in the film for the most part happens. Yeah. I absolutely love that scene for multiple reasons, whether it be the convergence of basically every main character from this film. Yeah. Minus the son who's previously dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see all these different motivations sort of come to a head at once and it all just okay. fucking collapses. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ready? Uh Uh-huh. Ready. So I'm going to read the paragraph just so you see how it's inserted into the synopsis. This is the final paragraph in the synopsis for I don't feel at home in the world anymore. In this world. Oh, yeah.
2: In the world.
1: Spoilers ahead. (laughs) Okay. 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 Ruth hides Tony under some brush as he can no longer walk due to his wounds and continues to run from Marshall. After a long chase and confrontation, Ruth attacks Marshall by throwing rocks at him, and his sudden movements cause him to be bitten by a venomous snake that Ruth had avoided earlier. Ruth leaves him to die from his wounds. Panicked that she cannot find Tony on her way back, Ruth sees her grandmother's ghost point her in the correct direction. I really
0: don't remember that. I don't remember that. I've, I've seen, seen it at all. twice, so uh, shit, now I gotta go
2: back
1: and watch that. was that like yeah. did someone see the Sundance version, and it was like erased? like I, could be that's all so about crazy, like clearly, whether it's there or not, you guys are on the same page right that just sounds
2: like, like a sundance moment.
1: I mean it's happened before, but yeah, uh, yeah. So anyways, anyway.
0: continuing on just a, a quick discussion
1: If I you have... saw the grandma version, please write in to film tank, yes,
2: <laughs> please, we need to know about grandma
1: <laughs> so,
0: what did you think about that scene, Tucson because it all just it it's 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 short, it's only actually probably
2: like four minutes long, but it I mean,
0: everything converges, and it's just total mayhem though. I enjoyed it
2: yeah i, I did i, I... <laughs> I feel kind of sick saying this. I enjoyed the gore. Yes. I I, I enjoyed the abruptness of it because it just felt like, you know, now that, now that Nick has said it, I cannot not see it like where I I learned back in school when I took like a creative writing class that there, there, there's mechanisms for how a scene is, is, is navigated from one scene to the next it either ends in either a triumph or a disaster And all I see are disasters, but they're not acted out by the actual characters. They are more convenient disasters that kind of, like like you said, it accidentally moves forward. And I can't not see that once you've said that.
1: It reeks to me like Macon Blair loving Jeremy, his buddy Jeremy's work. Hey, Jeremy. And wanting to make a Jeremy Saunier film crossed with a Coen Brothers film. But in order to do that you'd have to miss the point that Jeremy Sonier is already influenced by the Coens. <laughs> so you're already So you're sort, of, you're sort of negating your own yes. And own. so you're doubling down on an aspect that didn't need to be amped up.
2: Mm, yeah. So anyway. But I did I did enjoy that 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 scene. Um
0: I the, the aggressiveness that Jane Levy's character stabs um, like six <laughs> yeah like in, like she goes all in yeah. uh, all the way
1: <laughs> they stab money
0: you have what's his name the father getting his hand fucking blown was, off oh. yeah I agree um, and it's just total chaos and you talk about accident, accidents Uh, Jane Levy then getting shot in the head and falling over
1: in that ending the scene i did laugh but, at the yeah. um who i think it's i forget who said the tour but after um, it's the guy the the head criminal dude. marshall yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um when he said to her after she was throwing up stop doing that oh <laughs> yeah
0: that was good that was see i was that was the kind of comedy that this film needed was was that kind of scene the the constant throwing up stop doing that yeah. But yeah, there weren't enough of those beats really here, no. other than what's his name shitting in the tank of the toilet. I didn't quite get that
2: beats by Jeremy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he was just <laughs> robbing this party, like yeah. So the
2: character
0: details,
1: right? Like, it's like, sh- hi, who who invited you? <laughs> yeah. And well, it, it, he only it, then gets found out because they robbed a party. At hmm?
0: It's you talking about the Coens, it is the, the the opposite of that because they are stupid criminals. But usually it's it's the other way around with the Coens. Right. So it's it's kind of a it doesn't yeah. Well, not
1: to mention the Coens already have this Idea of that, like man is passive in the chaos of nature. You know, like yeah, that they cannot actually exert any control over their journeys and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a serious man is. That's what inside Lewin Davis is, even, and those aren't even about criminals. Yeah. Um. So when you, when you basically,
2: would you say that Rick Lebowski
1: fits into that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think it's a masterpiece because of the way it flirts with it too. Like not just commits to it, but also can be kind of seen as a million different things. Okay. But for sure, I mean, that movie is I wouldn't say an accidental, but it is a carefree trajectory.
2: Oh yeah, it's a lot more lighthearted in that same vein, which it's is like if it's... they had
1: never thrown the money off the balcony or not yeah. the balcony, the 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 overpass. Overpass, you know, yeah. things like that which are character choices and mm-hmm. are completely uh, indebted to the script writing and how good it is and not just like well, how are we gonna get Bunny to call them back? Well, we need to make sure that they lose the money, or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah.
2: I appreciate this breakdown. Thank you, Nick.
1: Well, yeah, I, you yeah. Know, I don't wanna shit over it. I thought it looked good. <laughs> right. It's it's
2: not so egregiously night. lackluster that we need to shit on it. It just it it. I toes want to see this, a
1: second movie. I'll say that.
2: A second movie of the, oh, from uh, this director or yeah, from this from so, story. Moore. I just
0: pulled up the clip. Yeah. Grandmother's definitely in the forest.
1: Yeah. So, but isn't that weird that we all, like... (laughs) I forgot about it. And you saw it twice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, she's there. Wow. Isn't that, like...
1: So that's, you know, I think that's indicative of, (sighs) well, how little effort this movie goes to, like, uh, actually... That
2: it's unable to, like, sort of, like, situate meaningful, like... Climactic moments, yeah. Because it I mean, all just sort of blurs into itself. It has into sort of like a, a light, a mumblecore light, um, weirdness about it. Yeah. Indie indie weirdness. Yeah. I I hope I'm not just throwing words out there. I'm trying to like actually. Yeah, you hone... are just kind of saying. No, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to hone <laughs> in like no, no, no. what is the actual tone and flavor of this film.
1: It's um... how would
2: you describe it? That's what I mean. I'm asking. I you
1: would guys. call it Sundance. Cohen parody.
2: Okay, what do you think, Alex?
0: It's um, I don't know. Just kind of, it kind of reeks to me of of first time filmmaker making mistakes.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. and but, too indebted to his associates. Yeah, I mean when Jeremy's, which,
0: which isn't necessarily something. <laughs> I mean, there, you've got to have a starting point, right? You if do. You're, but so like, it's uh...
1: usually when you're a first-time filmmaker, you're indebted to the greats. <laughs> you steal from the people that got Mar- you into Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I'm just saying, like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. here when you're and I think Jeremy Sonier is a great director, but when you're st- like mm, stealing, is a good director. I think in the great director. Okay. But but when you're stealing from like your friend, you're too close for comfort to be able to actually develop your own style because you haven't been any you haven't been influenced by your friend. You've only been directed by your friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and, that, and that's literally true here because yeah. he's been an actor in both of his movies. I Yeah. Like mm. <laughs> yeah. Listen, making <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> listen to our Beauty and the Beast episode. It's really good. Hmm? Also, um, I you know, I'm sorry for everything I'm saying here. I, I wanted to like this movie, and I'm willing to give you another shot.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think that it's easy to sort of sorry. intuate what our broader consensus of this film is outside of our numbered rankings. It's It's a... I think that it's a perfectly serviceable film. I think that it it's like a c minus film. It just passes the the grade I think that it's it it's a it's a serviceable debut I'm looking forward yeah i I would put a little red marks like need to see improvement
1: yeah. Yeah. I would say this film has so many first time directors flaw that I think Macon Blair deserves a Star Wars movie i am um, Woo. Don't do not do. You
0: know, that. it's funny because I actually uh, re-watched a oh, yeah. Sundance film from last year. What, uh, Star Wars? Please stop. Uh, just a few days ago, and uh, it's a film that I feel very similarly about to this film, and that is Frank and Lola, oh, which yeah, yeah. I think that has a lot of the same, falls into a lot of the same problems that this film does. Uh, it has a much better opening premise. Uh, it just fails to really connect. But Nick, you had the exact same thing to say about Matthew Ross, the director of that film last year, that you were interested to see his next film, even though you didn't necessarily love this one. Yes.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. For a moment when you said Matthew Ross, I was thinking Captain Fantastic because remember they have the same yeah, name same and I'm name. like wait, what? Yeah. Um, and God, I do never... And I liked his first movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, exactly like Matt Ross's um, movie, Frank and Lola, which is that I thought what he was doing is certainly engaging, but um he needs to try it again. Yeah. Which is again, we
0: mentioned I mentioned this earlier, but this is pretty there's a lot of Sundance films that are gonna end up being like this that are yeah. that are great first films that are trying something different, but when you step away from that and pull them against all of the other works and the yeah. history of film it's like, oh, okay, well it's a first time director's film. It's good. So which is why I thought it made it really hard for me last year when we were at the Sundance Film Festival when it was like you've see, you watch so many films that are of this this ilk, and at some point your brain starts to turn off from the rest of the world existing. So it's, you know, kind of hard. So it wants to go into ratings. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like we have that much more to say about this. Yeah, we
2: don't. Um, look, I like this film. I like... I, all the things that I've said that I've liked about it, I, I, I like about it. I like it more on a, a technical... Um, more on a technical audio level. I like the sound editing. I like the cinematography. I like the color grading. I like... Even in some parts, I like the tone. I do. Um, but... This is likely going to be a film that will often fade from my memory, and that if somebody were to to bring its name up, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I saw that it was i right. it was i right. so I'm gonna give it an i like rating of two and a half out of five it's It's straight down the middle for me mm-hmm. uh it's a favorable two and a half out of five um it's decent, yeah, it's decent.
0: So. I give this three and three and a half out of five still okay i yeah. still I still enjoyed this, yeah, I really enjoyed it the first time, yeah. Um, and I think the the biggest reason being well for the most part why I gave it such a good rating is because I liked the final thirty minutes minus that final scene, which is awful. You are correct, Nick. Uh but the final thirty minutes or so of this I really enjoyed, and I really do enjoy the beginning. So there's a lot of there was a lot of good happening there, and even the the second act I didn't really hate or anything like that. I think there's so many good moments that happen throughout this film that don't get strung together completely to make it enjoyable for me. And at the same time, just like Tucson is saying the cinematography, the sound editing here are all not negatives for me. Like I thought they were all good to really good. Yeah, it. And for me, like I always do think in my mind, is this a filmmaker's first time out? And usually do take that into account of, well, the, I would judge this differently than I would judge the new Wes Anderson film because you don't know what you're going to get here. It's just whatever it's going to be. So, I really did enjoy this both times through. Uh, I think Macon Blair probably has a long way to go if he wants to have a elongated career in film, but um, I like so much of this, so I'm going to give it 3.5 out of 5 and Last thing I'll say is, gotta give a film credit when it's an hour and a half long. You don't need a two hour and 20. For real, though. Like. I guess. No, I mean. I don't I would, think it
2: overstays its welcome. No, no. I,
0: I would much rather watch a. <laughs> I would much rather, even if it was bad, if it's a short bad
1: movie. Eh, I, yeah, I just. I don't know. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that being said, why don't you here? It's or like, you could just go with that. That works too. Like
1: saying I got to give a film credit for having an opening credits. Like, I, <laughs> it just is what it is. And,
0: hey, man, in the era of, <clears throat> of like if you're gonna so
1: specifically m- attack a film's pacing, that's different, and say what he what it did with the runtime. But saying like, "Oh, this was a sh- shitty movie," but because it was a 90 minute shitty movie. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I it was a better shitty
0: movie. I also thought it was good, so I think that's that's not really I mean Well, you could do it either way. You can right.
1: say Oh, because this was a ninety minute good movie, I, you know, I just I think it's uh, I, I
0: I I would I, not give it credit for it. That's fine. I appreciate a film that tells its entire story in a shorter amount of time. Okay. You don't need two hours and fifty minutes to do this film. And it doesn't take well, it. No. No. I mean, you've sat there in the theater with me watching Ridley Scott's uh, Exodus. Exodus that was two hours and forty minutes long and this made means. everybody want to die. So <laughs> <laughs> even Ridley Scott. Well, no, he. That was a very. That was not a very good film. That was a very bad time for riddle me that. You had that in the. You had that in the counselor back to back. That was not great, man. The
2: counselor, man. That's. Uh... <laughs> I've never regretted being more excited for a film. <laughs> um, I feel like such a fool. <laughs> Looking back, that film was just awful. Um, uh, God so Nick, forgive me. Nick, <laughs> Nick, your
1: final thoughts. Yeah. Well, I am going to get this movie. A two out of five stars. I feel okay. like I'm liking it less okay. the more I think about it. Okay. And I don't think it's awful, but I definitely can't pretend like I'm indifferent to it. So it has to be south of the border of the median for me. Mm-hmm. Um overall I think it's a movie that mistakes contrivance for inertia and sends its characters what
2: You and these comparisons. I need I need you to like talk about that. Sometime, yeah
1: <laughs> and I, I just think it it's um attempts to send its characters on a journey that it never actually thought through so uh, it's just um apart from some decent acting some decent shots um some decent uh music cues um like yeah there's definitely a lot worse movies out there but certainly there's not a lot of movies that I would say are a waste of potential. So for me it's two out of five and um Megan, once again it's it's Nick. Hi. Um hope you listen to that Beauty and the Beast episode. Why do you keep going back to that? I don't know, I'm trying <laughs> okay. to choose like the most random episode. <laughs> Good um, luck, Miss Wyckoff would be the
0: answer. <clears throat> There we go. That would be good. I'd like to see Macon Blair do a remake of that film.
1: I'd like to see anybody do a remake <laughs> of that film. Call it. Good luck, Ms. Wokeoff, because she woke as fuck. Man, with
0: you. oh my god, this is this will be great. Only because, god, only god. because he's become somewhat popular now, for obvious reasons. But John Boyega playing the
1: the college. Oh,
2: get the <laughs> fuck. Out of my face. Hold on, wait.
1: Now we have to cast the whole movie. Don't
2: ever stop this. Maybe <laughs> no, stop this right now.
0: Maybe like I am horrified by this. I mean, just oh, because God. the red hair, I was thinking Julianne Moore for Miss Wyckoff. No, yeah. she's too. <laughs> Don't say she's too old.
1: Well, I'm <laughs> saying you have to cast somebody who's in between. Like, they okay. you know, you got to do like 30s ish, maybe a rough 40, but. Um, <laughs> But you gotta choose, like, maybe you know, like maybe a. Oh man, this is gonna haunt me for the rest of my life. That's There's my a lot dream, of, my a dream lot of things to be for a good luck Miss Wyckoff remake. Hmm. Man,
0: but a... what do you think about John Boyega? Do you think he'd be a good choice?
1: I was thinking like Jordan Peele, honestly. <laughs> like I think he would. No,
2: seriously. I want to remove myself from this conversation I, because saying, it disturbs like, the shit out of me.
1: It, I think Jordan Peele as Rafe would disturb the shit out of me. <laughs> Um, like, I'm just saying, I could see him kind of having I miss that, why I call. Well, yeah, because you need, like, a sketch artist to be able to, like, basically toe that line between. You going to help
2: me fight the
1: Terry's? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, certainly, I think, um, the psychiatrist has to be played by Johnny Depp. Um. <laughs> actually, no, why don't we do double roles for Johnny? Why don't he play that and the gay teacher? And, <laughs> <laughs> and without any costume changes. <laughs> I mean the audience left to wonder if it's the same person and she's going fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> That's like um what was that? Oh, it was a terrible idea. Um it was Ridley Scott's uh Robin Hood movie actually. Originally he wanted to cast uh hmm. Russell Crowe playing both Robin Hood and the Sheriff of uh, Nottingham. And even the studio is like, "Nah." I think we're good on that.
1: I think for Miss Wyckoff, I'm thinking <laughs> okay. to truly provoke outrage, you have to do like a Margot Roby. Oh. You have to throw somebody in there that people are already disgustingly territorial about when it comes to wanting to see her naked and basically have sex with her. Well, I'm just saying, when I saw The Wolf of Wall Street, the guy who sat behind me basically begged her to take her towel off, and then she did, and then he made sure at the theater... Knew that that movie had his approval.
2: Nick, I hey, I I, I just thought of something. Um, <laughs> it, it's not Toussaint's
1: joining the conversation.
2: Yeah. Oh hey, hi. Um, I'm not going to comment on the whole oh. casting thing just because I Come on. turn his mic off. There's, there's a lot of. <laughs> we should make a Facebook group for this. Ah. Uh. Please don't <laughs> do this to me. Okay. Um. I'm. I'm thinking about You're this. You're not going to be invited. I'm thinking about this uh, because you brought it up. Uh, as as much as I am adverse to this idea, I'm not really supportive of this idea. One, because I think the original film is, is perfect in and of itself. Um, I agree. And also I just – I cannot bear the thought of a lot of the prominent young – Black actors I know being cast into such a black exploitation into into yeah. such a, a, a horrific role. I mean I I'll, I'll still respect them, but it's just it's it's, it's it, I but... I I I have seldom if, if we had done our villain episode mm. after this, Rafe would have been yeah. mm-hmm. near the top, if not at the top of of my list. Um, but one thing that I I don't think that you're Taking into account is like it's not just the movie itself; it's also the culture of hot takes and of and of critical like.
1: That's why I would love to see of consensus. I, I,
2: I couldn't, I couldn't exist on the internet anymore. I, I, I'd I'd have to like turn it off for like, like a month to just be removed from that because I just right now. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Um, and maybe that makes it the perfect film to like come out at a time like this. But even still, I was just like, "Oh my god!"
1: The principal is played by Ed Helms. <laughs> um, what else we got what here? Are you doing this. What hey. about
0: for Miss Wyckoff, Someone who's already sort of thrown her career in the shitter, like Dakota Johnson. Damn, son,
1: can't do that because she's already in Fifty Shades, and people right. are not gonna take it seriously as art. <laughs> just saying. Well, I'm just. She's already going from one erotica to another. Right. You know, whatever. So nope, won't work. Hmm. Um, oh man, this is the most fascinating conversation I've had <laughs> in months.
2: And we're not even talking about the movie at hand.
0: Oh, this is way better than the review we just did. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. Yeah, um, it is,
2: actually. You know
1: what? <laughs> Homework time, fellas. Yo! Yeah. Yeah. We all come up with our dream casting. And we're going to talk about good luck it, uh, <laughs> on the next episode. like there we go.
0: Which is talking about the first female uh, mainstream superhero film.
2: <laughs> good good <laughs> luck, <laughs> Mr. Cheney. No. <laughs> Who,
0: Dick? S- sounds great. Oh, Nick! Oh! Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah, good luck, Mr. Cheney. Was, I'm not
0: doing that. I was joking. I'm aware of what you're You're a good actor.
1: In. Thank you. You're not in my good luck, Miss Wyckoff remake. That's are not that good. Thank That's fine. You should say thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyways! You keep talking and you will be, you Oh. You're going to be that student that she thought she could trust because <laughs> she had that white-black power thing down, but oh. at the end of the day, he couldn't look at her.
2: So anyway,
0: so uh, I've already teased it a little bit, but on the next episode, <laughs> we will be talking Deadpool Two. Yeah, about we will Wonder Woman be talking about Wonder Woman. There we go. That's it. Yep, and that's it. The early reviews Patty have been J. have been really strong. So just like Wonder Woman. There you go. Or Diana Prince, as she'll be known in this, since this seems oh, it's oh.
2: supposed to basically just be an origin story film. Diana Themyscira then goes
1: by Diana Prince.
2: As a. I, I thought her
1: name was Prince Diana, and then she just flips it around.
2: Yeah. Princess Diana. So... <sighs>
0: Anywho, uh, Wonder Woman is a film that I've very much been looking forward to. She's easily, the best part, the most interesting character in the DC cinematic universe. And um, yeah, there have been good reviews for this so far. So I'm looking forward to talking about it next week and uh, I hope you out there are looking forward to listening to our episode about it. If you have any thoughts on the upcoming Wonder Woman film or on, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Or if you have any thoughts on casting of the upcoming Good Luck, Miss Wyckoff remake directed by Nick Cheney. Uh yeah. <laughs> That actually, it should be directed by Jordan Peele.
2: Don't do this to me. Oh. Don't. Could do, be like a horror movie. Don't. By. don't.
0: Mm-hmm. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Bradley no, Whitford no, no. has to be involved somehow could he be the uh he could be
1: the psychiatrist. Oh. Yes, yeah. with that beard. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh my mm. god. You know what? Now I'm starting to think <laughs> for the uh for the what call it? The the couple that are, you know, the 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 boarding house couple mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we could get like a uh like a Don Rickles. Oh wait, he's dead. This oh, oh, is going to be a tough one. Don Don Okay Cross the Don off Yeah I'll have
2: to come back I forgot he died Did you say cross the Don off? No oh. crossing Don yeah. off Okay Who's gonna play
0: the bus driver? Ooh that's important
2: mm-hmm. That is I Jay guess. Leno <laughs> He's got the chin for it <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it let's just throw it at the wall
1: What? <laughs> I like it I don't Now it's a character choice For the actor But But, I like the enthusiasm, Tucson. It's a 180. Jay Leno! I I, I don't know what's going on in that bathroom
0: over there. (laughs) That was was his career defining.
1: Wait a minute. And I know you're going to think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Seth MacFarlane (laughs) as the bus driver. Seriously. He can do that kind of annoying, like, I'm blunt about my sexuality, so therefore I'm a liberal. (laughs) Yep. Seth MacFarlane. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm. Okay. All right.
1: So, anyways, if
0: you have thoughts on any of that, always feel free to send them on to us. At if film you tank do, show.
1: please contact a psychiatrist. Yeah.
2: Listener, we love you.
0: Yes. We're also always kind of at Facebook, Twitter,
2: Instagram.
1: Do you think if there was the a film remake tank show? Instead of chalk, it would just be like a snapshot that said Miss Wyckoff (laughs) fucks.
2: What, you think a Snapchat?
1: I'm just saying it would go around. Everybody gets it.
2: What? Are you you trying to reimagine this a la, like, like in in the vein of 13 Reasons Why?
1: Not in the vein of that. Okay. That's just a property that exists. I'm talking Hmm. like.
2: Would social media be a part of it?
1: Yeah, that's why I just said. Would, or, it, would it be? You meant like a... Snapchat,
0: though. That's what I said. You yeah. said snapshot.
1: No, I meant to say Snapchat. That's okay. But... Yeah, yeah. But the, yeah, that, yeah. That's Snapchat. what Tucson was getting. At. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. yes, in the vein of modern technology. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. Mm.
0: Also, you can find our episodes on com. Or on iTunes or Stitcher as well at Film Tank Show. Thank you very much for listening to this total disaster. I am Alex Diekman, along with Nick Cheney, Don't say my name. and thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We'll catch up next time.